This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number 35. In this episode, the moms chat about getting started with the new school year, their curriculum choices for the 2013-2014 school year, and share their interview with PJ Jonas from DontMilkStuff.com. <laughs> Honey, where's my glasses? Can I have a drink? Why is the dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And And we're we're the the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So, Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 18 minutes, 15 seconds. So, Becky, what have you guys been up to? been quite a while. Well, it has been, actually. It's been <laughs> over a month since we last recorded. But in our defense, we are headed into week three of our new school year. Yep. And so we've been kind of, I know uh, over here we have, and I'm sure over there you, you have too, been uh, slightly overwhelmed with the beginning of school. Oh, yeah. Trying to get everything organized and uh, and uh, get systems in place so everything works. But uh, things are going really well here. Um the binder organization system that I started is working out really, really good. Cool. And um, one really awesome side effect is it's given Danielle, um, or Danny, as she likes to be called now, but I'm I calling her Danielle. It's so uh, weird. <laughs> it's so weird to switch. It's not a weird name. It's just weird to switch. Exactly. It's like, hi, I've been Danielle for, you know, 11 years, but suddenly I want you to call me Danny. But <laughs> as I keep saying, luckily for me, 90% of the time I call her sister. So <laughs> Yeah, right. That makes it a little easier. But um, she's gotten a new measure of independence now, which I both love and hate. Uh, (laughs) It's great because she's often awake before I am. Like, my kids get up before I do. They make their own breakfast most of the time. and and Yeah, they watch TV quietly or whatever. And she's been able to get out her math or her science um, to work on before I'm even out of bed in the morning. Uh Uh-huh. Which is nice, except yeah. that it's been leading to her needing help with stuff before <laughs> I even had my coffee in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't do complex math, like long division, before I've had my coffee. Oh, heck no. But um, we're working on getting the system perfected, and eventually it will be. Probably right about in time for her leave for college. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, our biggest challenge seems to be finding enough time to do all this the work we're supposed to do here when um, we're going to be spending three mornings a week outside of the house. Um, Monday and Wednesday, we have enrichment classes. And on Friday, Jack has his therapy appointment. Now, Danielle and I have been doing waiting room schooling while um, Jack is at therapy. And I I just uh, lesson plan Jack lighter on Fridays because it's the only way it's going to all work out. So tomorrow, um, our enrichment classes start. Yeah. And so tomorrow, I guess, I'll, or next week, I'll find out for certain if this uh, planning lighter on those days works or what's <laughs> going to end up happening with that. Yep. So one of the things we wanted to go over in our episode today was um, what we're using with our kids this year. Just a quick rundown, not anything super in-depth right. for anybody who might be interested. So for Jack-Jack, who is um, seven years old and second grade-ish, um, <laughs> we're using... Um, Moving beyond the page, the ages five to seven, which contains language, arts, science, and social studies all together. 
Um, Math Mammoth, he is currently almost finished with 2A and getting ready to start on 2B. Mm-hmm. Real Science Odyssey, Life Science, Level 1. And he's about three quarters of the way through that. And um, he's been really enjoying that a lot. We went out to go look for roly-polies, which is one of the mm-hmm. science experiments. And um, Dean's been putting out that diatomaceous earth. Yeah. Because we have the big, terrifying black beetle bugs. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. And our backyard is like swamp. Like you can see the grass move at night. That's how many. Ew. And I guess the diatomaceous earth also took out all of the little roly-poly oh, bugs. Because no. we looked everywhere, like under every rock and everything. And there wasn't a single one. So, um, and that wasn't really something I don't want to go knock on the neighbor's door. Can I go and pick up rocks in your backyard and look for bugs? <laughs> so Cindy probably would have let us. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then with Danielle, a newly minted 11-year-old who just had her birthday <laughs> last weekend. She is sixth grade-ish. We are using Moving Beyond the Page, ages 9 to 11, the language arts only, uh, winning with writing. Math Mammoth 5A, which she's almost done with. Uh, actually, no, she's almost done with 5B now that I think about it. We've been doing uh, two pages or two math lessons a day to get finished with five so we can get started on six. And um, Elemental Science, Earth Science and Astronomy for the Logic Stage, which we are loving. Oh, yes, us too. It is so fantastic, guys. <laughs> year out we're going to have some reviews on the elemental science products coming up real soon Uh and um but just for a really short review love it (laughs) (laughs) love it love it love it love it it's fantastic so both children together are working on history odyssey middle ages level one which we're about a third of the way through we um left off at the end of last year picked up again at the beginning of this year Mm mm-hmm And we're going to start uh, social studies with the amazing race when it restarts again. I know. Which I'm sure you have that on your calendar somewhere so you can tell me when to start looking for it. September 29th. September 29th. Okay. I have it on my calendar. Excellent. I knew you would. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we're currently reading together the Canterbury Tales by Jeffrey Tosser, retold by Barbara Cohen, because as we all know, the Canterbury Tales aren't necessarily all kid-friendly. Yeah. So I found a version that was retold, so it's uh, lightened up a little bit on some of it, and it's got some really cool pictures in it. And soon, hopefully, we'll be restarting Discovering Great Artists. I haven't quite got to that point yet because I need those other pieces, the the enrichment classes and everything, to fall into place so that I can figure out where we can fit some more um, art into our day. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make one quick notation. I've been using the iPad app Homeschool Helper for all of my lesson planning. It's also available on the Nook, the Kindle Fire, and in the Android Marketplace. Um, it's not available for phones because the screen is too small. So it's got to it's got to be like a tablet or something. Um, but keep an eye out for a review and a giveaway for the app on the iPad coming up very soon. Neat. Yeah. How about you, Tina? What have you been doing? Well, we didn't start off gung ho. <laughs> we, <laughs> I wasn't totally prepared as you were um, when our school year started. So I got a little bit thrown off by our school year started a week earlier than I had planned and. Um, yeah, just life got away from me as usual. But um, but we still, I still am pretty happy with how things have been going. Um, so we, I just figured, well, we'll just do a few things each day and not like stress too much over doing the full full bore yet. And so we're slowly adding, I've been slowly adding more 
to their schedule each um, week or so. So we um, we have been getting, the one thing that we've really been doing a lot of is reading lots of history. So we actually, and that's the one thing that I was really lax on last year. And so I'm really happy with how we've been moving forward with that. We're doing, um, well, once I finish this overview, I'll tell you specifics on what we're using. But um, <laughs> And we're really, really enjoying the new science book as well. So, yeah. oh my gosh, it's so cool. Um, and and also the other thing that I'm really happy about is that we've been doing our projects every single day, which That's is awesome. something I have str- been striving for for a long time. And um, I'm not always doing something formal. Sometimes, I mean, Maven picks up stuff all the time. And so I don't always necessarily have to say, what art do you want to do today? Because she'll just, she's been knitting lately and doing all kinds of beading and do name it she does it and <laughs> um but still keeping in my the back of my mind all the time um make sure that there's some kind of art project or if we don't have a formal project just pull out some materials and so we've been doing that every single day which has been wonderful we have pictures up um you guys should check out our our um um instagram Drew a blank yeah. there for a second. <laughs> Our Instagram, I posted some pictures, I believe, on Instagram. Of, and once they're completely done with some of these projects, which are still in progress, I will post updates. Uh, let's see. So I've also started a variation of the workbox system, which I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Many people are already aware of this system. I don't have the space for all the boxes. So right. I've done um, a hanging pocket um, that I've actually had hanging in the room for a couple of years <laughs> and had folders in it, but never actually put anything in the folders. So now there's actually stuff in the folders. And I started showing the kids, okay, you start at the top, you work your way down. And I don't have them all filled yet. I figure even if we just do a couple each day, it's getting, you know, we're getting more comfortable with it and we're moving on. So we're still figuring it out, but I'm feeling really good about how things are moving forward. Even if it's at a slow pace, it's still moving forward. So and I've been using spreadsheets, um, which I've been, I've been using spreadsheets for a while, but I've kind of, I've <laughs> once again tweaked it all because I still haven't landed on that perfect, you know, that sweet spot. <laughs> right. Yeah. I still haven't landed. I mean, some of the stuff I created last year was really great, but it, in the end, it didn't work as well as I wanted it to. So I created, um, it's kind of the same spreadsheets and then tweaked it. And then I went back to a paper and pencil date book to write down things and, um, so I'm going to be using, or I have been using, um, the spreadsheet to plan in advance and then the, the date book to write down what we actually did. And then we'll see what I'm actually going to do when I have to report to our, our, our teacher, our ed coordinator. Um, maybe just have her photocopy it. But, um, and then let's see what else. Oh my gosh, I have been going crazy because I've been doing so much planning and, and so much work on all this. I found some new online resources and tons of great Facebook groups. So I actually created a, a web page on my on my website, homeschoolrealm.com, for just for the homeschool Facebook groups I'm using. Because there's some specific ones yeah. in there that are so good, like the homeschooling with art that you and I created. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They have been posting so many fantastic things on that page, uh, on that group. Um, so, and then there's like, you know, homeschooling with Netflix and homeschooling with Hulu and homeschooling with The Amazing Race. And, you know, I mean, there's tons of really good specific things that I'm just kind of using them here and there. And it's really it's inspiring me. <laughs> yeah. So that has been really fun. And I have gotten back into using my home routines app again. Um, still not fully using it, but you know, e- even though I'm not fully using it to its full capacity, it's still helping me a lot because every day I can refocus and start fresh. Cause yeah. even if I didn't do everything I was supposed to do, I have it set up. So it re it resets all of the stars at the end of the day and I start fresh the next day. So even if I didn't do well yesterday, 
I can start fresh. So I like that. So, and then we are really super excited about starting enrichment classes tomorrow. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping that um, with all the changes that they're doing that my kids will have even more exciting classes because they're giving them options this year. I'm really excited about that, but I'm also yeah. kind of weirded out by that because if you don't make all of your choices at the beginning of the day, they're get, I mean, you can, I know I have kids that are very indecisive. Yeah. And how many of them are going to be like milling around in between classes trying to figure out where to go or what to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see how it goes tomorrow. So, And then, okay, so for the specifics of what we're doing, well, Tiran, who's age eight in third grade, um, for math, he's using Math Mammoth 3A and B. He's... um. Oh gosh, I don't know how far he's into 3A right now. Not not super far into 3A right now. Um, and then also math games. I actually discovered this cool website called Zimbaloo, which I'll put a link in the web in the show notes. And um, and I I'm using because Math Mammoth has all kinds of links that come with each chapter that go along their games that go along with the learning that they're doing that in that chapter. And so I've been wanting to use those for a while, but just never got around to it. And I finally sat down and found a website that does this kind of grid thing where you can click on their nice little tiles basically and so I took a screenshot of each um, game and um, and made these little tiles and now he can just go in and click on the games that goes along with that chapter and cool. Maven too and so it's I mean it's a lot of time setting it up initially but there's it takes some more than a week to get through each chapter usually so the each chapter is sometimes it can be a couple of weeks depending on how how on task my kids have been but um but yeah so i'm not having to reset the um the bookmarks as frequent as, like it's not like every week so that's good yeah and then language arts he is going to be doing writing activities from the internet i've been using a pinterest a whole lot for finding ideas and then also checked out some books from erclc our, our charter school our homeschool charter that um that will give me some more ideas just kind of um I'm not going hardcore with him. I'm just kind of doing little prompts and 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 uh, reading response uh, pages and stuff like that. Simple things. And then I found him a handwriting workbook that he's excited about. And in, and we're doing a little bit of copy work. We our history odyssey also has and our science both have um, copy work to do with it. And then we'll also be doing sequential spelling. He's in the first book for sequential spelling. And then. Um, I am encouraging them to read some classic literature. So um, I, I give them a, a, a few options and let them pick one, and I, I'm asking them to read. The goal is to read 30, day, 30 minutes a day, but um, so far we haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> it's like here and there. But um, but eventually, 30 minutes a day, I figure, at least. And if they want to keep going, that's totally fine. But I'm trying. My, my, my intention here is to have them read something that they wouldn't normally have picked themselves, but I think that they'll actually enjoy, so that they branch out a little bit from all the sci-fi books and the and the talking animals <laughs> oh, <laughs> which yeah. are wonderful books but i would like them to read some other books some other things as well to kind of broaden their horizons <laughs> so and then for maven um who she is 12 and a half in seventh grade she's doing math mammoth 6a and b this year she's uh most of the way through 6a i think um, or at least a lot of the way into it, and math games as well. And then for writing, we're going to continue for a little while at least with Write with the Best, which she does not enjoy very much. I think it's a great curriculum, but she's not enjoying it. So um, I told her we'll, we'll try it out again for a little bit longer, maybe a month, and then um, regroup and decide what we're going to do with it. I think it's a fabulous curriculum, but yeah, not everything works for every child, so we'll see what happens. Um, copy work also for her and sequential spelling book two. And then of course more independent reading with the, uh, a classic literature or some kind of a 
book that I've picked up. I've, I'm going to pick out like a, a group of books and then let them pick one from it every time that they finish. So, And let's see. So together we're doing social studies. We're still doing History Odyssey, Early Modern, Level 1. And that uses Story of the World, Book 3, Early Modern. And all the accompanying activities and extra reading that I can fit in. And Mapping the World by Heart, we're also going to be doing, continuing with. We only got a little bit into it last year, and it was really cool, so I want to get back into that again. And Amazing Race, Country Reports again, once season 23 starts, which is on September 23rd. Mark your calendars. Yep, September 29th. I'm sorry, I said, (laughs) I'm looking at season 23, September 29th. Yes, I, I... Switch those. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And once um, the Journey North's mystery class starts up again, we'll be doing that as well. And last year, I discovered there was a whole lot more in the teacher's manual that I never even looked at. So I'm going to be reading that because there's prep work that I could be doing now. So I don't think that starts until... Um, actually, I'm not sure when it officially starts. I, th- I want to say October, but I'm not sure. So I'll have to look it up. But um, yeah, so I will be doing that again. We really liked that last year. And then science, we're doing elemental science. We're using the Living Book series, whereas you guys are using the classic, I think? Uh, yes. Classic series. We're doing the Living Books with the Sassafras twins, yeah. which is really fun. I love it already. It's so cool. And, um, <laughs> and then we'll also be doing, I'm going to be trying to do more nature walks and, and t- taking nature journals. They both have nature journal. And, um, and I've been pulling out um, a scientist. Uh, our history, actually our history lesson this week was all about science and scientists so that made it easy but i'm trying to add in the science and the scientists of the of whatever era we're reading right now so we just were reading about isaac isaac i want to say isaac asimov (laughs) not asimov (laughs) isaac newton we read about isaac newton and galileo um and that was really cool and finding asimov is awesome too well yes that's true yes (laughs) you know you think isaac i always think asimov goes with it so (laughs) And then for the arts, we'll also be going back into discovering great artists as well. We tried, I tried to do the Rembrandt activity with them last week, but Maven wasn't having it because she does not like drawing faces. So I'm not going to force her to draw a face if she doesn't want to. I want her to enjoy the art project. So we'll, uh, we'll move on to another artist and <laughs> a different activity because both of the activities had to do with drawing faces because that's what he's known for is faces, you know, people. So anyway, so that is what we are using this year. Awesome. And now we'd like to give some time to our sponsors. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects and activities, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. Do you remember what it's like to be an adolescent? Postcards from Youth needs youth photographers' images and words to participate in the conversation. If you have children aged 11 to 17, we invite you to have them submit photos they have taken of their surroundings, family, friends, community, interests, and concerns to our website, postcardsfromyouth.com. And now we'd like to share our interview with PJ Jonas. So today we have PJ Jonas of Goat Milk Stuff. I'm so excited that you're with us today, PJ. This is awesome. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Oh, me too. Me too. And Becky too, I think. Yes, definitely. So PJ is a homeschool mom of eight living in rural Indiana. She's the owner and operator, along with her husband and children, of the home business Goat Milk Stuff, which is goatmilkstuff.com. 
uh, which makes and sells products made with goat milk. PJ also does an informational podcast called The Busy Mom Survival Guide, which I love, and I've mentioned on the show before, <laughs> where she discusses making the most of your family's health, money, and time. So, welcome, PJ. Well, thank you guys for having me. I love your podcast, and I'm really excited to, to be here joining you today. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. It's wonderful. So, why don't you tell us, uh, how old are your kids? Because I can't keep track. <laughs> yeah, I had trouble, too, sometimes, especially because now it's their birthday. We've actually got eight children, and they're all um, singles. They're all about a year and a half apart. And right now, my oldest is 16, and then 15, 13, 12, 10, 8, seven and six wow, wow. <laughs> and they're you know, cute as can be too <laughs> yeah people kind of people kind of have that reaction like that's a lot of kids you know really short time and it is it was eight kids in 10 years but I really wanted them close together I wanted mm. them um I actually have um some half siblings and stuff that are a lot older than I am and I we don't really have very much of a relationship because we have very little in common so I wanted my children to be close and have a lot of shared experiences and I figured you know if I'm changing diapers I might as well just keep changing diapers yeah right yeah. <laughs> get it all done <laughs> exactly yeah so how are they involved in your business well I had really wanted a business a home, you know a home business for a long time in large part because of the homeschooling and when we put it together I knew that it was something that wasn't just going to be me I knew that it was going to be something that involved the whole family so it's really um, kind of we make decisions around what the fa the family is capable of doing. So as the children each get older, they kind of move into into new roles. I actually have this rule in my house. I call it my youngest person rule, and it <laughs> applies to house stuff and it applies to business stuff. And it basically says that the youngest person capable of doing the job is the one who does it. Ah. So. What happens is as the kids get older, they're able to train their younger siblings and pass stuff down. And as that all happens, that frees Gemini up to be able to do a whole lot more stuff. Awesome. So for right now, um, my oldest, she is mostly responsible for internet orders, things like shipping. She prints invoices. She prints the postage. She'll answer customer service and you know, emails, um, voicemails, answering the telephone, things like that. My son, who's 14, he is, um, he deals a lot with the goats. He does a lot of the vet work for the goats, a lot of the shots and mm -hmm. uh, trimming hooves and things like that. But he has just now, he became the soap production assistant. He helped his dad <sighs> make all the soap. And uh, we've been in the, in the process of a move. So he has really kind of taken ownership of making all the soap and he'll get things started there's a lot of times he'll just do the soap you know start to finish all by himself so we've seen a lot of growth in him over the past you know i don't know three months with the business awesome and then wow. emery who's the next one he is the uh, the barn manager he's the <laughs> one who is totally responsible for the goats if anything you know kind of he doesn't have to do everything in the barn but if something's undone it's ultimately his responsibility so he's got to be aware of where his siblings are at and, and what's going on that way uh, <laughs> he also does a lot of helping in the soap room things like unmolding and cutting soap but Fletcher who's next it's mostly his responsibility to unmold the soap and Graydon is his helper um, Hewitt is the one who does like laundry soap, things like that. He's eight, about to be nine. So he'll oh, wow. mix the laundry soap together, weigh it out, measure it, bag it, that kind of thing. And then Indigo, who is seven, is actually in charge of our retail room. We have a little oh. retail shop 
And she is the one who greets the customers. She helps them with their purchases. She will actually process their their credit cards and take their money and give them oh change. God. And she's awesome. She's she's really incredible in that. She's adorable too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's and she's kind of the princess of the family, and it's just she's a sweetie. Mm-hmm. And then Jade, who's the last one, is. She's kind of our firecracker. She was actually born on the 4th of July, and she just doesn't really realize she's the youngest. She thinks she can do everything everybody else does. So she's kind of all over the place, and she'll either help with bagging soap, or then she'll decide she wants to box soap. Like last night, she decided she wanted to package all the the first-class bubble mailers. So she would pull them, have somebody check them, and then she was sitting there with the bubble mailers, closing them up, taping them down. and So she kind of bops all around, depending on what she (laughs) wants to do for the day. So cute. Is she the one that's the voice on the uh, on the the little bumper that you have on your commercials or that's videos? Actually, yeah, it's actually three of them. It's oh, really? Three of them. Yeah, they each. We all got to you know say the part, and then and then we picked those three. So Such it's cute I think little it's voices to go and graded. Or <laughs> Aww, they're such yeah. darlings. <laughs> so, how long have you been homeschooling, and why did you choose to homeschool? Well, we have always homeschooled. The kids have never been in. Um, public school. And my husband was a teacher. He was a junior high science teacher. He taught for seven years. I tutored math for about 15 years. And we saw, you know, our whole families, I have to say, our whole families were involved in education. Our parents are all teachers. You know, aunts and uncles are all <laughs> teachers. It was kind of something when we decided to homeschool, it didn't really go over very well with the rest of the family. <laughs> but we really saw that in the public education system, a lot of the teachers meant well and, you know, wanted to do what was right by the students. But in that kind of setting, it's really hard to teach the children to their individual strengths and help them with their individual weaknesses. And because education is so important to us, we just really felt that we could help the children to reach their full potential the best way bringing them home and teaching them at home. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been, you know, I always say we, you know, their, their homeschool starts at birth. You know, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have a specific start date, but it's, it's just been oh, something that we've always done. Awesome. Awesome. So what educational philosophy do you follow, if any? Well, we don't really stick to anyone. You know, I, I kind of take different things from all the different kinds, but we really feel that children are not all meant to follow the same path. Um, and by that, I mean that some children, whatever that they have their gifts are and what they're, they're meant to be, you know, they need to follow the path and they need to go through college. And because that's, you know, say they want to be a doctor and that's what they're gifted in, then they're going to need a college education. Let's say someone else wants to, you know, work with their hands and they want to be an artist. You know, there's a whole different track for that. So we really treat them all very differently and just pull a lot. You know, I love I love Charlotte Mason and living books. You know, a lot of unschooling that we take aspects of that. And but at the same time, we're, um, you know, we're we cover a lot of different science and math and economics because we like that as well. You know, we we don't go as far as classical education because mm-hmm. uh, that's, you know, I'm not knocking that at all, but we, that's too rigid for our lifestyle. We right. <laughs> going on to be able to stick with something like that. So I just pull a lot. I think there's a lot of value in all of them. And you just, every family is unique and you need to find out what works best for your family. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. 
And do you use any sort of um, plan or planner that you, you know, keep track of everything with? I don't. I absolutely don't. Um, <laughs> we actually live in Indiana, which is one of the most homeschool-friendly states. So pretty much our only requirement is that they have to school for 180 days. So I do have on a, actually my Google Calendar, I use it on there. I just mark down what day and that everybody is here. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really all I do as far as record keeping. Um, I have a definite... I have a a control journal that I keep and in that control journal, you know, every once in a while I'll sit and I'll kind of go through each kid and kind of put down what some of their weaknesses are and some of the things that I want to work on towards Mm -hmm. them. But It's not something that I plan it out and have a date and we're going to do this by this time. It's just more of a, in my head where I need to, to help each kid. Right. And you have a control journal episode, don't you? I do on the podcast. <laughs> I, know, I yeah, I love my control journal. I don't know if you can get along with that one. Fly lady. Yeah, we, yep, love fly we lady. all love fly lady. Yep. <laughs> so now we know there's no such thing as a typical day, but can you tell us about how homeschooling looks in your family on an average day? Yeah, we have, you know, a definite structure that we like to go towards. It almost never happens, but <laughs> <laughs> you know that general framework Right. It gives us something to come back to. So if I had my ideal day, we would all get up, you know, by, um, well, my husband and I, he started this new thing where we're going to the YMCA to work out in the morning at 545, which is not my normal. <laughs> but so take that out. You know, everybody's kind of up by 630 and 7. Breakfast is at the table. We all eat together. And then the boys go out and start doing the goat chores. The girls go out and we work in the garden. And then everybody meets in the soap room at about, um, well, the girls meet there about 8.39 and the boys come in a little bit later because the, the goat chores are a lot, um, take a lot more time. And then we do our, our, the work for the business, for goat milk stuff, all morning up until lunch. You were usually, honestly, we have a, tend to have a little bit later lunch because we have such a big breakfast. So usually we're there till about one or two. And then the kids start any, um, any official schoolwork that they're going to sit down and do. Mm-hmm. We do use um, Switched on Schoolhouse. It's not mm-hmm. something that we adhere to strictly. It's more of a, a framework for us. I wanted to be able to have something, since we are in the public eye so much, that I can point to and say, you know, <laughs> yeah, we have this. We do this. We're covering the basics. So it's, I, I, I do a lot more, and I'll, you know, I'll say, okay, yeah, you don't have to do that in that. We're going to do this instead. But we do have that kind of as a fallback. And then they do their, their schoolwork, and then it's you know, free time. They have a lot of free time in the afternoon because they're all pretty quick with what, what needs to get done. And then it's dinner and goat chores and bed when we can. Awesome. Sounds like a fun day to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love our lives. I mean, it's, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, we work really hard. We work all the time. There's always something to do, but we play really hard. You know, we, we don't make life about work. Work is a necessary part of life. It's something your children have to learn how to do, and they have to learn how to embrace it and get it done, but it's for a purpose. It's right. so you can, right. you know... Do what needs to be done, and then you can get together as a family and build memories and, and spend time together and strengthen bonds because that's what life's about. Right, right. And the, and the work that they're doing is every bit, I mean, as far as the business is every bit a part of your homeschooling. It's all integrated. Well, we do so much intentionally in the business to work with their homeschooling. Right. You know, that's something that is, is very... Um, structured in that I know okay who needs to be practicing some of this and I'll I'll you know I'll put that child on that mm-hmm. tank in the soap room because that'll build some of what they're lacking in their right in their 
That's awesome. Yeah. So I was just listening to your homeschool series again, which um, we definitely need to put a sh- link in the show notes. Actually, it's four links in the show notes to those four episodes. It's a wonderful um, series on homeschooling, which was a conversation you had with your husband. Two-hour conversation broken into four episodes. I loved it. I listened to it again just last night. I actually finished it off. <laughs> and, yeah, um, I had, we could talk for that long about homeschooling. Just <laughs> <a few minutes. laughs> it was really, really well done. I, I found it fascinating. Um, so you mentioned in in one of those episodes um, that you actually was probably the first one that you have two goals in homeschooling to instill the love of learning in your children and to teach them how to learn. So I was wondering, how do you do that? And what does it look like exactly? All right. So this, this is really what, you know, I wanted to talk about, because what I have found is that there are so many homeschooling moms out there who are completely and totally stressed out. They're right. just overwhelmed by everything they feel they have to accomplish. And I just want to encourage those moms that that's not what homeschooling has to be. Right, and right. I think one of the things that you have to do as a mom, as a homeschooling mom, and with your husband as well, if, if you have a husband, is to sit down and kind of figure out what is the purpose of your homeschool? You know, where are you going? Because I think we, we you know, we moms tend to think, we have to make sure our children know everything. They have to be the top in everything. Mm-hmm. And while that sounds really good and, and, you know, you have a hard time disagreeing with that, th- the problem is there's this concept in economics called opportunity cost. And what it means is that everything that you do has an opportunity cost. It has the cost of something else that you couldn't do because you chose to do this thing instead. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what we do as homeschooling parents is because we think we need to teach our kids everything, we don't really realize the stuff we're giving up. And if you talk to a lot of um, college admissions advisors, they will tell you that they really aren't looking for well-rounded students. They're looking for individuals. You know, they want to fill their colleges with people who are strong in different areas. I mean, that's what, you know, you look at college professors. Mm-hmm. They're strong and they're deep in, in these specific areas. And I think that as homeschooling parents, we have that perfect opportunity to really embrace our children's strengths and make them just so good in whatever it is that they're naturally gifted in. Mm-hmm. And the, the trick then is you have to be willing to let go of some of the other stuff. And, you know, there are some, um, there are some parents who are going to be in some stricter states that, you know, they're going to have to cover some things even if their child isn't, isn't naturally talented in that. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we, you know, my husband and I, and we sit and we talk about the children all the time, and we kind of, we don't know necessarily what they're going to be, but we know what their strengths are. And so we kind of, you know, we talk to them a lot because it's not our goal for our children um, necessarily to go to college. I think some of them will. I think some of them won't. I think some of them need it for what they're going to do, and I think some of them don't. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do is I want to make sure if that's something that they can, that they want to do, that they need to do, they're capable of doing it. Right. I also don't think that it needs to be done necessarily at 18. You know, I think in our, in our society, we've kind of made this where you have to go, you know, you finish high school at 18 and then you go straight to college. And I think there's a lot of people that aren't ready yet to be in college. Mm-hmm. So what I encourage moms to do is to say, okay, you know, what's, what do I want to get out of homeschooling? 
you know, do I want my child to be perfect? Because if you can sit down and you can really articulate, you know, whether you're doing it on paper, whether you're just doing it in a conversation with your spouse, but if you can articulate what it is you want to get out of homeschooling, then you can start to think of some of the things that you're willing to let go. And you're willing to say, okay, yeah, if my kid was in public school, they'd be covering this, but that's really not necessary for what they want to do. I use the example sometimes of physics. You know, I mean, I took physics and my husband took physics and it's like, okay, my, I'll use an example of my son, Emery. My son, Emery, is incredibly um, gifted with um, spatial and flowers and artistically. For him to take a physics class, I'm capable of teaching him physics or, you know, getting him a physics class. That's not something he's ever going to need. In <laughs> it's not something that is going to benefit him. So if I make him do that, A, it's going to burn him out. B, he's not going to like it. It's going to take him all sorts of times to do it. But more importantly, I'm sacrificing something else that he could have done that would actually really be valuable for his life. All right. So I don't know if that, that makes sense. But when I say that, you know, I want moms to just kind of go back to enjoying what it is they're doing in this homeschool thing. I think if you're able to let go of some of those you know, outside pressures, because I really do think it's outside pressures, you know, whether it's your mother-in-law or, or whoever it is, you know, oh, is, is little Johnny learning this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they need that to do this, you know, and, and if you can just say, you know what, this is where his strengths are, this is what we're going to, what we're going to focus on, and I'm okay if we don't get everything covered, because right. like I mentioned in, in, in my quote, it's my job, my main goal for all of my children is to teach them how to learn and to teach them to love to learn. Because right. if I can do those two things, they can do anything, you know, right. they yeah, can find whatever their passion is and they can just go for it. Yep. Right, right. So for the teaching them how to learn, is that uh, lots of Googling and going to the library and that kind of thing? Honestly, no. No. What I do No. Um, you know, I do a lot of that, but I, in the younger years, because like I said before, my husband was a, um, a junior high teacher. I was, I tutored math. What we saw was a lot of kids who knew what they were doing if they knew exactly where they were in the textbook, but you took them out of context and they couldn't do it. Right. So we decided we were going to spend their elementary and junior high years just letting them learn to think and not right. having them do all this. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have them memorize like multiplication tables. You know, right, when right. they get to high school, yeah, <laughs> then they can sit down and they can learn it, you know, in an afternoon and boom and they're done. Because there's so much, their brains are so much more advanced at that point, and it's a whole lot easier. But I'm perfectly okay with them rounding off in their in their elementary years. And so what we do is, it is all real world application. It is all problem solving. Right, I right. make them pretty much, <laughs> you know, decide everything. So here's for example, we just we just um, built a house. We moved to a new location. We built a new house. And um, we finished the construction loan, and the banker met with us with the options for our permanent mortgage. I brought all of the children in, and we went over every single option, you know, what was amortization, what's the interest rate, whatnot, and I made them choose which loan we were going to go with. <laughs> That's you awesome. Know? Well, yeah, because we covered so much math. We covered so many principles. Now, my my six-year-old didn't understand how to calculate the interest rate. You know, we kind of went right. over with the other older ones. But by doing that, 
because it's in context, because it's something that they have to think about, it's something they're going to remember. And what I found is when I can anchor the things we're learning to the things that are going on in our lives, the the retention is so much higher than if I were to sit there with a, you know a um, a workbook and have them do a page of calculating interest rates. Yeah. Right. And you ask lots and lots of questions. I know you mentioned. I do nonstop. I never provide the answer. In fact, I st- I'm still trying to train tra- uh, train my mom because the kids will ask something and she'll give them the answer. And- <laughs> Grandma, you're not supposed to tell us, you know. And, uh. <laughs> so how do you do that so it doesn't sound like, I don't know, it always feels when I try to turn things back over to my kids, it always feels kind of like, uh, I don't know, like contrived or I don't know. It just feels awkward to me. Is that just a matter of practice or? I think so. I think so. I think it's, you know, it very well may feel uncomfortable. Um, it's very hard to, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. It's very hard to just let them sit and think. Right. Uh, and, you know, and struggle. Um, I have, I have one son who, you know, he just wants me to give him the answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do it. And, you know, it's so tempting to, to fill that void and give it to them, but they have to do it. And, and the, you learn over time how to supply them with little bits of help, you know, how to steer them a little bit in the right direction. And there's a lot of times I'll let them go completely in the wrong direction. I mean, uh-huh. you know, off on a tangent, you know, nowhere in the right direction and they get to the end and they go, Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And then they have to start, you know, and then and then we come all the way back and they have to start all over. Right. So the, the trick is to learn to look for these things because I think we're so busy, you know, with everything that's going on in, in, in textbooks and the things we want to accomplish that we let all of these opportunities just kind of slide by us. And you, you really have to develop that eye towards being able to locate these things in your life. Sure. And also just not being so busy, I suppose, too, because then you just want to get to the answer quick so you can move on with your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's what I mean, people, you know, people say, well, you know, and, and I tell people that we kind of we just homeschool year round. I mean, right. we, don't, we don't take breaks. We don't, you know, because our homeschooling is our life. It's what we're doing is what we're doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I say with my uh, with my kids, my kids learn how to read by learning to read the soap sense on the soap bags. Yeah, they start with that and they have because we have the when we pull orders, we have the invoice and they have to they look at the invoice and then they have to go get the soap. And that's how they start to learn to sound out their letters. That's how they learn. And it's it's fairly painless. They enjoy doing it. And that's how we've taught three or four of them how to read. Awesome. You know, and it's not this. Okay, let's sit down now. It's time for our phonics lesson. And everybody gets frustrated because it's they see the real world application to it, you know, and I know a lot of people um my oldest daughter, she actually um, taught herself how to read from um, a songbook. She knew all the, the songs and she found, would find them in the songbook and she would read along with it. You know, wow. so there's lots of different ways um, to do these things that are not the normal way most of us think about doing. Like I have another, another child who um, didn't learn to read till he was 10 and he just... He just wasn't, the connections just weren't there. He just, you know, he wanted to read. He was excited to read and he just couldn't do it. And so we would just put it away for six months, try it again six months later. And then right about when he was 10, it clicked. He learned so fast and now he just reads all the time. Oh, so that's, that's probably very comforting to you, Becky. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> She's got yeah. a little one that's struggling. I, yeah, I've, yeah, I've got a seven-year-old that I'm just like, ah, we don't even know the alphabet yet because he refuses to sing, which is kind of like important for learning the alphabet. And yeah, that 
that's good to hear that it can happen later and still be okay. <laughs> yeah, there's actually been some research that's been done to show that um, in order to learn to read, there are certain brain connections that need to be made and that those connections are, are closed at different ages and different children. And so that some kids actually aren't physically able to learn to read until later. But I didn't stress when, when this child wasn't, wasn't able to, I didn't stress about it with him. I didn't push him. I didn't, you know, say, oh, my gosh, I'm a bad homeschooling mom because you know, he doesn't learn how to read. I mean, there were some awkward moments. You know, there's some awkward moments when you're out in public and, and you have an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and people ask him to read something and they can't. Mm-hmm. But your child, if you're okay with that, and even if you're not, if you hide it really well, you know, <laughs> Your, your child's going to be okay with that, and they're not going to get this pressure. They're not going to get this pressure that they're being forced to learn, that they're being forced to learn to read, that they're not capable, that they're stupid. You know, none of that's going to happen. Like I said, I mean, he loves to read now. It's, you know, a big thing around our house. We punish our kids by taking their books away. Oh, my. <laughs> my husband will declare, you know, no fiction months, and they're not allowed to read fiction books for a month and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, they will, if you keep reading exciting and, and learning fun, that's something that they will come around to. Right, right. Awesome. So how so how do you keep it fun? <laughs> I do, you know, a lot of, this is kind of, I, I wish I could like show you some videos, but uh-huh. I can be very goofy. And uh-huh. I will just, if, if we're having, you know, a bad day or, you know, that you wake up on those days and the kids are just bickering and nobody wants to do anything and... I will just break out and do something really stupid, whether it's putting on music and making them all dance with me, whether it's, um, you know, <laughs> we've been known to take, well, we, we, we raise chickens, so we have a lot of eggs, mm-hmm. but we've been known to take eggs out and have an egg fight. You know? <laughs> um, just things to be like, okay, you know what? Homeschooling, as much as it is about education, it's about building strong character within our children. Right. And so, you know, okay, so let's say math, all right? Well, if we're having, nobody wants to do math. We'll go out and, uh, see, I'm easy because I have, I have so many kids, I can, I can form teams. If you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may have to maybe, you know, you against them or I don't know, you might not be able to do the competition as much. But I'll set up like a, um, I don't know, I'll go out and set up an obstacle course. And they have to, without um, going through it, they have to estimate the distance, okay? You know, and they have to stand there and they have to use landmarks and they have to figure it out as a team. And, you know, they can write it down and they can do it. And then we'll go through and we'll get our, our, um, our long tape measures and we'll measure it out and we'll see who comes closer. And then we'll, you know, we'll have races to see who can get through the, the obstacle course first. Cool. And then if I'm really being good, then we'll go home and we'll get graph paper and we'll <sighs> to scale on graph paper. <laughs> and then if you really have one who's artistic and whatnot, you can have them design the next obstacle course and have them have their siblings have to figure out how long it is. Huh. So you turn a lot of things just into a game and make just it fun that games. way. And, and they'll remember it. They'll right. remember ratios. You know, you can sit there and you can do page after page in a workbook of ratios. Or you can go out and you can draw, you know, <laughs> like right now, like I said, we, we're building the new house and I've put the kids in charge of designing a playground. So they have to figure out how to make a drawing of this so that we can figure out how much lumber to buy and what the scale is. Well, you can bet they're going to figure out ratios a whole lot better doing <laughs> yeah, that yeah. than doing a page of work, you know, a page of, of numbers. So if, 
you know, if you're like one of these moms and you're like, oh my gosh, I could never think of that. You know, you, what I would suggest is take your math workbook because most, most parents, most homeschooling parents have a math workbook mm-hmm. and see what's in the workbook and then figure out a way to do that in a fun, you know, in a fun environment. You know, okay, you've got fractions coming up. Okay, it is time to go bake some cookies. And we are going to multiply. We're going to, you know, make it by five times. We're going to cut it in half. We're going to convert it to decimals, you know. All right, here's, you know, you have a one-quarter cup measuring cup. you got to make this whole entire thing with just this. You know, right. you're going to figure it out. So you, still, you do still use a math curriculum, but then you just supplement it with real-world fun stuff. I don't. I don't use a math curriculum. Oh, you don't? <laughs> I'm a ma- I mean, I'm a math person, you know. Right. I was an engineer. I, you know, I tutored math for 15 years, so I pretty much know it, what I want them to come out knowing and, and what I think is, um, you know, not necessary. You know, right. and, and, I'll, I, and I do tell moms that too. You know, don't feel like just because it's in the math book, you have to do it, oh, <laughs> you right. know. Um, you know, kind of like I don't ever, ever want to hear my children say, you know, why do I have to learn this? When am I ever going to use it? Mm-hmm. My kids mm-hmm. know when they're going to use it and they have fun figuring it out. And I'm, I'm the first one to say use calculators. Um, I am the first one to not make my kids sit there and do long division and have pages and pages of long division because, you know what, we live in a calculator society. We have, you know, I mean, I was an engineer and we use calculators the whole time. Do you need to be able to estimate and round? Absolutely. You need to be able to get close to the answer on your own without a calculator. But you don't need to be able to carry something to the sixth decimal point without one. You know, most of us, you know, when our kids are older, they're going to have calculators right on their phones. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't spend a lot of my time because for me, I found that aggravated a lot of the kids and it made them, oh, I hate math. I'm not good at math. Math is stupid. And it was because we frustrated them with it. You know, so why not, you know, if you have a kid who doesn't love it and isn't all over it, give them a calculator. You're not, you're not going to hurt them. You know, <laughs> if there's something that they need to learn to get into college that they can't do with a calculator, they can learn it at 18 so much easier than they can learn it at 12. <laughs> you know, you sound so unschooly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd think I'm really not, which is kind of funny because um, we I, I direct it a lot more. Right. Unschooling is very much let the kids do whatever they want. And I don't. I'm I'm very much directed in, no, we're going to learn this. You know, we're going to learn it in a fun way, but we're going to learn this. Right. And, but because I don't have a set, you know, a planner and I don't have timelines and I don't have guidelines, we have to do this by this. There's, it takes a lot of the pressure off. It takes a lot of the pressure off. And I know there are some, I mean, like I said, I'm in Indiana, so it's easy for me to do this. And I know there are a lot of people in, in states where their, you know, their, their laws are a lot, a lot stricter. Right. Um, so I know it's, it, you know, that that can be a little bit frustrating for them. But I think if you can cover the basics, you know, cover, get them so they love to read. And you're just, I said, my, I've always said that one of my biggest jobs as a homeschooling mom is to keep my kids supplied with good books. Right. And that's one of my, my absolute major things. You know, I don't, we don't sit and study history because I'm constantly giving my, um, my kids books. I just got my son, um, this book about, um, I don't know. He could tell you all about it, but it was a, a U-boat in World War II, and it was supposedly <laughs> the only recorded um, event of a one submarine sinking another submarine. And so he just finished it, and we he told me all about it. And I said, okay, well, you know, 
you finish that, now it's time to watch The Hunt for Red October. <laughs> so we just <laughs> watched The Hunt for Red October. But we kind of, you know, we anchored all of that and we, we got it all. So he learned a lot about World War II with that. I'm cracking okay. up. It's like, it's like you've been in my living room because I literally, I'm like pounding my head on the table trying to teach my daughter long division. <laughs> and then you're, you started talking about long division and I'm like, is she watching me? <laughs> I've got a kid that doesn't read. I'm, I'm trying to kill myself teaching long division. It's like all of this stuff is like exactly what's going on in my life right now. Yeah. See, and so much of it, and, and this is what I just want to stress. You've got to realize learning is fun. It is fun fun to learn things you know it is fun to acquire knowledge i mean look at the example of abraham lincoln who you know would walk for miles and miles and miles to get books so he could read a book you mm-hmm. know and learn and and i think as much as as public education and you know it was founded on a, on a good idea of giving every, you know access to education to everybody i think one of the pro- the fundamental problems with it is by making it so that everybody could get an education it took the value out of it it was no longer something to be fought for, to be worked towards, you know, to people to sacrifice for. You know, it was just something you were entitled to. And so, well, why bother? <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think if we can instill that back in our kids that, no, education, learning, you know, getting new insights, it's awesome. You know, and I, I don't want to ever hear, you know, from kids again, oh, I'm terrible at math. You know, how many times do you hear, oh, I'm terrible at math. You know, I'm not a good math person, mm-hmm. you know, and. Math is, is everywhere, you know, it's in everything. So I, I think if we can kind of take it out of that workbook kind of situation and put it into its life, you know, then it's, it's not nearly as bad. What about for writing? Do you have them write anything about what it is that they're learning about? What I do for writing is when my children hit a certain age, um, and that really depends on um, the child, they start a blog and I've tried to start them on their own podcast, and, and I got them to do it for a little while, and um, I think I started them a little too young because they all are, are having a really hard time with it. So I've, <laughs> we've stopped the podcast, but um, they're writing on their blog. And it's really fun to me to watch their writing skills develop. And again, this is something that you honestly have to sit down, and you have to decide what kind of writing skills you want your child to develop. Because... Uh-huh. There's, you know, there's, there's a whole different, you know, do you want them to be able to write a thesis paper? Mm-hmm. For me, I don't particularly need that in my, ch- in my children's education. For me, writing is much more about communicating. Mm-hmm. And so that's not something that I push. Now, if one of my children decides that they want to be, you know, a college professor, then guess what? We're going to learn how to write thesis. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right now. That's not any of them are showing any signs of doing that. So we don't spend a whole lot of time writing that. Now, I do think it's important to be able to write persuasive statements, but we get a lot of that done with our business. But the thing with the blog is you can watch your child's individuality come out in writing. So my daughter, who's the oldest, has she just loves her blog. She um, started out writing about books, and she, she kind of struggled with that a little bit. And then we sent the, the two oldest children last year on um, an Outward Bound excursion. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's my, my husband actually did it when he was a teenager. I did too. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's awesome. It's an awesome program. Mm-hmm. So they went to North Carolina and spent two weeks in North Carolina um, in the woods. One was um, rock climbing and hiking. The other was hiking and whitewater canoeing. 
And so my daughter, when she came back, she has spent six months blogging every single moment by moment of her outward bound trip. Hmm. And the, you know, the maturity that we've seen come out of that and, and the, you know, the improvement in her writing has just been amazing. Now, my son, he had no desire to do that. He just <sighs> do it. And then the other day, all on his own, he started, um, he started blogging again. And he wants to write very factual. You know, he just wants to write because he, he blogs about birds. He's got, he's um, very passionate about birds. And so he's blogging about birds and he just wants to tell you, you know, I said, okay, I said, that's great, but you sound like an encyclopedia and nobody okay. wants to read an encyclopedia. So um, what I did was I went out and I got on Amazon, I got a couple of books about storytelling. And so he's reading through those and we're working with his blog, trying to put some of his thoughts and feelings and stories into his writing. So that's what they're doing with, with that. And then every once in a while, I will just have them, you know, I'll, I'll, and I actually do it for the whole family, which, so we've got a very big, you know, range of ages, but I'll say, okay, um, I want, you know, I want one page and they'll all write in different, <laughs> different height letters, but I want <laughs> page, you know, telling me why I should let you get bicycles. <laughs> and they'll have to try and persuade me, you know, or, I mean, that's just an example, but whatever. And, and you have to have them. And so we don't do thesis papers, but there's a lot of thought and layout and logic that needs to go into trying to convince me, you know, and even something, okay, I want one page telling me why I should take you out for ice cream tonight. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's a great make, idea. And yeah, make it fun. You know, don't sit and be like, okay, you have to read this book that you don't want to read. And then you have to write a whole book report on it. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm getting ready to start now that we've, we've moved into the, the new house is, um, I've got a, a video camera. We have a, just a little flip one, which you can just pick up at Best Buy or whatever. And um, I got it for the kids. And when they read a book, I'm going to make them video themselves talking about the book because I found that's a lot easier for them, especially the little guys, than writing it out. And they're just going to video it for themselves, and they're going to put it up on their on their website because they each have a my kids each have their own domain name with their their with their website um, with their name. So mm-hmm. that is something that. For all you parents out there, uh, mm-hmm. if you buy your kids their domain names now when they're young and it's, you know, 10 bucks a month, it's, <laughs> they have it someday if they ever write a book or right. thing. So they've all got their own domain names and, you know, and I'm just going to have them upload it. And that way they get familiar with the computer. And I don't know if you're about you guys, but my kids love doing things with the computer. So, oh, yeah. you know, to be able to learn how to upload a video, you know, you can do basic editing for some of the middle school kids and. You know, right. but it's again, it's fun. It's not something, you know, that's boring and that mom's making them. Well, mom does make them do it. And yeah, so I was just going to say, how how do you deal with the resistant child? Because I have, I like my kids have had blogs for a while, and I can't get them to write on it. Um, I honestly will get to the point where um, they. What I usually do is they don't have to, but if I really want them to, then it's a okay. Um, I bribe them. There's no really <laughs> say. There you go. We're gonna, you know, I'll if you guys all do this today, we're gonna get ice cream. You know, and then they're kind of sibling rival. You know, where they'll help each other and they'll push each other. You know, okay, mom says we're gonna do this and we can have ice cream after dinner. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You know, if we're gonna, we'll go. Uh, you know, if if you guys all get this done, then we'll invite so and so over for dinner and we'll mm-hmm. we'll sit and we'll play with them. Um, 
So there's, you know, if it's something that, and a lot of times it's kind of, um, I don't know if you've ever read that book, but it's just the initial resistance. It's just getting them over that initial resistance. And then there's sometimes, honestly, that I let it go. If it's, um, like I said, with the podcasting thing, you know, I had, I had the older three podcasting and they hated it. They oh, were just, yeah. it, they, they didn't like talking into the microphone. They didn't like, um, you know, having to plan. And I said, okay, you know what? I, we'll, we'll let this go for a couple of years. Um, you know, maybe I pushed that a little bit too young and we'll let it go because when you get to know your kids, then you, you kind of get to learn when that, okay, no, this is just your complaining resistance and this yeah. is, you know, this is really something that you're really not comfortable with. So, um, right. yeah, that's just such a, such a hard decision to make. Is it something that I should push them at or should I back off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and again, if you know where you're going, if you have a plan, you can kind of put that in context in it and it helps a little bit because yeah, you can yeah. say, okay, is, am I pushing this because this is something I learned in school so they should learn in school or this is something grandma thinks they need to learn or is this something they really, you know, are going to need in their lives? You know, this right. thing that's really important because I think that, you know, I think that in our, you know, these past couple generations, we've, not past couple generations, past, you know, 20 years or so, we've done a very poor job as, um, as a country of preparing our kids for their lives. Uh, hmm. You know, we've just kind of say, oh, you're just going to go through high school, you're going to graduate, you're going to go through college, you're going to graduate, and then you're going to get a magic job that's going to magically appear. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's why so many kids in, our, in, in America are, are at home and living with their parents and, and whatnot. And I, and I think it's our, our jobs as parents to focus our kids a little bit more, you know, and, and not be afraid to say, you know what, these are your talents. You know, this is what you're going to, what you're really good at. I think this is what you should be. Um, and I think as homeschooling parents, we are uniquely positioned to help our kids be the leaders and movers out there. You know, it's, it's not my goal for my kids for them to grow up and get a job. I'll, I'll be very honest with that. You know, what we are training our children to do is to be entrepreneurs, to start their own businesses, to learn how to, to run their own businesses, and to be able to hire other people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And those are the skills that we're giving them. And I don't necessarily know, like I said before, that college is necessary for that. I think that they can, um, there's a lot of courses that they can take without spending Thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year on a college. You know, my my husband and I went to the University of Virginia, and we took the kids back there about three years ago. And, and my daughter fell in love with it. She absolutely loves it. Mm-hmm. I really like to go there. And I said, okay, well, you know, if that's what you want, we can work towards that. And we looked it up, and it's forty six thousand dollars a year out of state tuition. Yeah. And you know, I said, okay, Brett. I said, huh. you know, when you picture yourself twenty years from now, what do you want to be? And you know, and her answer was, she wants to be a mom. You know, that's what she wants to be. And I said, okay, well, you know, if you still want to go to University of Virginia, we'll, we'll do everything to make sure that you are qualified and we'll get you there. I said, but, you know, you need to realize that you're going to come out owing all this money and is it going to get you any closer to where it is that you want to be? So she hasn't come to a decision on that and I don't think she needs to. She's got time for that yet. Right. But it's that kind of, you know, college used to be you needed college to be able to see, succeed to get anywhere in life. And 
that's not the, the, the paradigm we're living in anymore. You know, there's right. a lot of people succeeding without it. There's a lot of online education that you can get the knowledge without going to a four-year degree. There's a, a program out there called College Plus where um, you can, your homeschool students, you can do your last two years as, of high school as your first two years of college and clip out and get all the credit and save two years of, you know, of an education. Mm-hmm. And what is it? that you want your kids to do. You know, if your kid wants to be an, an attorney, yes, absolutely, you have to go there. Right. If your kid just wants to be outside and work with their hands, then, you know, get them. I mean, there's, I, I know plumbers making a really good, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and this country needs plumbers and it's a valuable position and it gives our children freedom to... Um, oh, hold on. We had a bit of technical difficulties, so we'll see if we can try to pick up where we left off. I'm not sure if you remember what you were talking about, PJ. I don't know. I was talking something about about college and and everybody not needing it and figuring it out. But it just, again, it goes back to figuring out where you want to go and have fun with it. Because when I look back, when my kids are old and I look back, I don't want them to look back at homeschool and be like, oh, it was awful. Mom was always stressed out. She was always yelling at us. She was always pushing us and pushing us. And, you know, it was no fun. I want them to look back and be like, oh, my gosh, we did we did all this fun stuff. Do you remember the time we went out and we, you know, counted hay bales and we, you know, whoever got the closest to the hay bales won. And, you know, you you could do so much stuff if you just go outside around you and look around. You know, and not even just nature stuff, but just like we said, all the, the... reading, writing, arithmetic, all that, that stuff that you have to kind of get covered, you know, for anything that you want to do. Yeah, I totally agree. I I know I feel all the time like I'm beating my head against a wall trying to push things on my kids that I don't, it doesn't feel right because they're not happy when I say, you know, you have to do a certain amount of pages of math. But yet we're with a homeschool charter also, so we do have to show work every month. Um, We only have to show like one work sample from each subject. So really it's very loose. Um, but I do feel obligated to, to, to cover all the four main subjects because of that. So, well, but, maybe you can start to introduce some fun stuff to them and something totally outside of the box and and yeah. kind of shake it up a little bit. Yeah, I like I like the ideas you're giving me. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any other advice for weary homeschoolers that might need advice on how to keep homeschooling fun? <laughs> You know, really, just start with yourself, moms. You know, that's what I say all the time. In order to take care of your family, you've got to take care of yourself first. You know, if you are exhausted, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not eating well and, you know, getting in some basic form of exercise, you've got to take care of that because that's the kind of things that are going to stick out in your kids' minds. Sure. And take Mm -hmm. care of yourself. Have the kids, you know, (laughs) have the kids help. Um, Like I said before, I mentioned my youngest person rule. You know, it's it's my job, and granted, I have a lot more kids than than yeah. most. But you know, I'm the drill sergeant. I'm not the one cleaning toilets. You know, right. my kids clean the toilets. They're the ones. They know how. The six year old knows how to clean a toilet. Now she may not clean it as well as I do. Right. But if she's cleaning it, you know, once a week, twice a week, I can come in once every six months and you know get the the stuff that she's missed because over all that time, she's going to get most of it. Right. So you know. Figure that out. Figure out how to get it where you're back to being happy with life and you're back to enjoying things. And, you know, when was the last time mom read something that she found very interesting, you know, and read a book? Because if your kids aren't seeing you reading something fun that you like and that you're learning from, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of takes that away from them that this is something 
that should be lifelong, you know, because I always think that moms, and I'm not talking about moms. I mean, I know, you know, when, when I was having, you know, newborn after newborn, there's not a whole lot of time for reading then. I mean, I'm not yeah. talking, you know, I'm talking about when you're, you know, when there's no newborns in the house and you're more established, you know, you have to remember that you're setting your kids up for what their lives are going to be. And if you're not happy with it, you've got to change it. You've got to change it now. You've got, you may have to get drastic. I mean, when we, I tell people this story all the time, we were living in um, New Jersey and we were in um, Trenton, which is inner city, you know, the right. gangs and violence. My husband was teaching there. We were ministering to a um, inner city um, kids right. and um, I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it for the children. I wanted them to have space and we sold everything, quit the job, moved to Indiana where we'd never been before. You know, and people say, well, why do you go there? And I tell them, I, we went here because the homeschooling laws were good. Yeah. And, you know, we had family all around the country. There wasn't like one place we were going to go to for family. And we said, well, what is, you know, kind of central to our lives? And it was, it was the homeschooling. And we set up our lives to look the way we wanted it. Now, I had no idea at the time we were going to start a business and it was going to become what it's become. I mean, that right. was, that happened down the line. But we had some goats. We had chickens. The children were, you know, out getting eggs and we had baby rabbits and they were learning, you know, how to take care of baby rabbits and, um, you know, and put up fences and, and do all this working with their hands and, you know, all of that stuff, which I think is so important. But sometimes it does take that kind of drastic change to, you know, just kind of wake up and be like, this is not where I want to be. This is not what I want my kids to remember. I want us to have fun. You know, and I just want to encourage moms that you can do that. You can, you know, don't let anybody outside kind of, you know, tell you you can't. You're, you know, you're the mom. You're the one setting the tone in the house. You know, you can do what you want to do. You know, yes, you need to talk to your husband about it. And, you know, I kind of brought my husband kicking and screaming. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> want goats or chickens, but, you know, so I, I'll take care of him, hun. And he thought that was great until I brought two goats home and we didn't have any fencing up or a barn up. Or, or and I was like, oh, honey, I need help. He was like, yeah, I thought you were going to take care of it. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully your, your husband will, you know, pitch in and, and, you know, we've, we've built stuff. Oh my gosh, my kids and I, and I'll be like, okay, we're building this. And, you know, it'll come out and my husband will look at it and he'll just shake his head and be like, okay. <laughs> You need support structures here and here. This is gonna collapse. And, you know, we've learned a lot about engineering that, you know, building biz, um, stuff that way. And I, and that's another thing that I'll do is I will intentionally do things the wrong way and let the children figure out how to fix it. That Interesting. Sounds, that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, it does, it does take thought. It does kind of take a mind shift, but it's not as hard as you think. You know, it's not as hard. For you to just come up with crazy wacky ideas and be like, okay, you know, we have to learn negative numbers. How are we going to learn negative numbers? And start taking stuff away from them, you know, <laughs> in their closet and start, you know, you know, creating a vacuum and being like, you know, and creating negative things. And I'll, I've done stuff where I've given um, the kids money. So give everybody $5 bills, you know, five single dollar bills and be like, okay, um, you owe me $8. And they'll be like, but I only have five, you know, and they'll say, okay, well, ha but you owe me eight and I'm, you know, I'm going to take that eight now and you have to give me $8 or, you know, and I'll make up some drastic consequence, mm -hmm. you know, or, or I'm taking away all your clothes and you have to go around naked. But <laughs> the, you know, the answer is they have to borrow $3 from somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go through this whole elaborate and at the end they have to figure out who owes what and who's negative and who's positive and, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't plan that out ahead of time. 
you know, it's not something, oh, we're going to do this dollar thing today. I'll just, you know, okay, it's time to do something with negative numbers today and, and I'll, and I'll come up with something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't, it's not, and I don't want you to think that I'm out here planning all this out because I don't. It's very, very much seat of my pants. You know, like I said, we, you know, I kind of know, I have a general idea of some of the weaknesses the kids are dealing with that I have to work towards. And, you know, I'll kind of think about in the back of my head, okay, how can I, how can I strengthen those? And um, we had one that was really having trouble with spelling. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like spelling like I am with, with calculators. Um, we have spell check. You know, oh, right. I'm, I'm yeah. like, not being the best spellers, but I am very much a grammar Nazi and they have to know their homonyms. You know, they have to know the difference between T-W-O-T-O and T-O-O. Right. Mm-hmm. They have to learn the difference between um, accept, E-X-C-E-P-T and accept, A-C-C-E-P-T. Right. So mm-hmm. we, that's where we focus. Um, and, you know, but you can make games with that, you know, okay. And, you know. Get M and M's. Get a bag of M and M's. Stick a bag of M and M's in the in the center of the table. Okay, and you say, and you say a sentence, and then you say, is that A C C E P T or E X C P T? And everybody's got to vote, and the ones who get it right get one M and M. And then, and you just do that, and you, you got to go over it again and again so that it sticks. Right. But again, it's it's learning that thing that, and they want to because there's M and M's in the middle of the yeah. table. You know? <laughs> right. Who's who's not going to want to get the right answer? <laughs> Absolutely. I would do amazing things for M&M's. I know, right? Anything yeah. for chocolate. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big believer in chocolate as a, as a motivating factor. <laughs> nice. So thank you so much for being with us today, PJ. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule for us. Yes, thank you. Well, this was so and- much fun. I love talking about homeschooling. I think it's it's the best thing ever and that, you know, everybody can have fun with it and their kids can, you know, just be so excited to be be homeschooled. Oh, yeah. Now, before you go, can you tell us where people can find you online if they want to get a hold of you or learn more about your goat milk products? Well, we have the business website is just www.goatmilkstuff.com. But then we're all over social media. I've got a a blog at goatmilkstuff.com slash blog. And I do a lot of stuff with um, things we're doing and playing and learning. And then I have the podcast. It's the Busy Mom I'm sorry, Busy Mom Survival Guide, and you can find that on iTunes or um, at BusyMomPodcast.com. And then we're all over YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, and that's all just goat milk stuff. Yep. Awesome. Yes. I highly recommend subscribing to her podcast. It's so much fun to listen to. I really (laughs) learn a lot. I've been taking notes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to get back. I took a a break from it during our our move to the new house, and, and I'm sitting here. I've got my whiteboard all filled with ideas for for oh, good. episodes. <laughs> I was hoping you'd be back soon because, yeah, it's been uh, several months, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, much longer than I thought it would. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm targeting uh, August, but it, it might be September, but I'm hoping yeah. <laughs> Well, I will be waiting. Awesome. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much, PJ. You're welcome. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, you all have right. a great day. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. So we hope you enjoyed the interview with PJ Jonas as much as we enjoyed doing it. And oh, thank yes. you so much for sticking with us during our long period of podcast silence. Yes. Don't worry, we are not pod fading. We will be here. Um, yes. And we appreciate that you stick with us. Yes, definitely. Yes. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. You can follow us on Twitter. We're Savvy Homeschool. On Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms. 
on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool. And on Instagram, we are Savvy Homeschool Moms. To leave us a voicemail message with your questions or comments, call 559-426-6670 or drop us an email at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. You can also find Becky on the web at BeckyTatro.com and I can be found at HomeschoolRealm.com. And the links for those are also on the Savvy Homeschool Moms website on our About pages. Well, goodbye, everybody. Have a great week and come back and take a break with us again next time. Bye. And we're we're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. That was terrible. I know. (laughs) We are so out of practice. Should we do it again? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it again. (laughs) And now, well, um, Well, we hope you listen. (laughs) I start so confident and then realize I said exactly the wrong word. Okay. So thank you so much. That's me. Go ahead. That's you. I know. (laughs) I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>